Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Healing Me First podcast. Stories of breakthroughs, transformation, and healing. I am your host, Chef B, author, educator, health coach, raw plant-based chef, and owner of Inyansipo Wellness Institute. I happen to know some pretty amazing healers and health seekers, and I'm bringing their stories of healing, elevation, and introspection to you. I hope that you will be inspired as much as I am by these stories and will use them on your wellness journey. So tune in, y'all, and let's get to healing. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Healing Me First podcast, uh, stories of breakthroughs, transformation, and healing. Today, Mm -hmm. our special guest is Shannon B. Johnson, and we're going to be talking about the key to emotional and mental wellness. Welcome, 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 Miss Shannon. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad to be here on your podcast today, Chef B. I am so grateful. It's an amazing, amazing day. So thanks so much for having me. Yes, wonderful. So, you know, we know that you're into aromatherapy. Um, For those of you who are listening, uh, Shannon is very much um, into wellness as it relates to mental wellness. And she uses aromatherapy as a tool to support people in that space. So Mm -hmm. I want you to just share with our listeners and our viewers a little bit about how you got into this work. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. First of all, I'm from Philadelphia. And prior to moving to Atlanta, I didn't know anything about wellness, aromatherapy, natural health. But what happened is I moved to Atlanta. And when I moved to Atlanta, I just was surrounded by amazing people that were you know, vegetarian. I, I had never like self-care, homeschooling, at-home moms. So I just got exposed to this new world. I was a very corporate, you know, rigid type of person. (laughs) And um, no one knows that. No one knows that, Shannon, because everyone knows me after having children. And so, um, yeah, so when I was in that space, I um, thought me and my husband were going to be, you know, CEO of some company and things like that. And three months into the marriage, I got pregnant. And honestly, even with birth control and condoms and everything else, I got pregnant three months into the marriage and I was really depressed (laughs) because I was wanting to really focus on, you know, being this entrepreneur and tag teaming with my husband. I never thought about having children. So that was the first thing. And so I was surrounded by women that used a lot of natural methods and natural childbirth and all of that. So I decided to look to essential oils to help me kind of deal with some of the emotions that I was dealing with now that I was like in the situation of, you know, being with child. And then I wanted to start thinking about, wow, when my child is born, I don't want them to use chemicals and different soaps and, you know, types of lotions that can harm them. So I started doing a lot of research on natural ingredients and things like that. And I really, um, found out about essential oils. I used to get the essential oils in the health food stores. I made my own baby lotion, diaper rash cream, you know. And so, um, so yes, that's kind of how I started with essential oils because I was surrounded by people who were into natural health and natural products. And that's how I first started with essential oils. So, you know, they'll say that that baby was meant to be here 
That's <laughs> it was like, I got to come on through and nothing's going to stop me. So, you know, <laughs> when we have the fails in the birth control, we got to know that that's a strong spirit. Wow. No matter what, they're warrior. That's warrior energy. No matter what the, the, the barriers are, we about to do this. All right. Yeah. I think it's reframing is always important, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's very interesting because I actually have another friend who has had an experience like that. They said I was using the IUD, I was using this, 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 and this, and that mm-hmm. baby came through. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I know that you love essential oils. You know we both love essential oils. So I'm wondering, you know, could you share? Could you share um, a moment in your life where um, you felt? Like from an emotional standpoint, you know, things were just not where they needed to be. And then just, you know, how you, how you, you triumphed through that experience. Absolutely. Well, the most challenging time in my life was when my son, that same son was about three. And of course, now looking back at it, it all makes sense. And I understand but what was happening um, when he was about three, I had a very serious nervous breakdown. Um, and uh, I actually was producing breast milk, even though I wasn't pregnant. I had a lot of pregnant symptoms, although I wasn't pregnant. Um, I had gained, I mean, I was over like 230 pounds. I mean, I felt like I was pregnant. Everything was acting like I was pregnant, but I was not. I had thyroid challenges. Um, I actually, you know, was like working nonstop. I wasn't sleeping. So I kind of went through this identity crisis where I was trying to be something that I wasn't. So I I was an at-home mom for two years and we were struggling. You know, we were struggling financially and in a lot of ways, but I was feeling like I got to be this at-home mom, you know, and I just put away all my, you know, aspirations and things like that. And I really think that's what made me have the breakdown because um, I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Mm. And so I ended up having postpartum depression. I ended up having a, you know, the mental breakdown for me came in the term of a lot of um, anxiety with working and not sleeping, producing, you know, um, I would be traveling you know, from California to Atlanta to Philly on no sleep doing presentations. <laughs> and um, and it got to a point where I just, like reality and everything, everything started to run together. And I actually, you know, was actually institutionalized against my will twice. And, um, and it's interesting because, um, you know, to be real with it, you know, it was... Uh, a situation where, you know, uh, the people involved, they were talking to people about, oh, my sister, you know, I don't know what's going on here. And, um, you know, so the people actually told them to just make something up so they could come and get her Mm. um, because they felt I needed help. And so that's what happened. And I actually ended up being in, and I was like, I was a little out of it you know, and, uh, but it it was a situation where I don't even, I wasn't, uh, very, I was a very, I was very agreeable, 
But what ended up happening is I ended up being like handcuffed and put in a van, you know, and shackled and delivered to a mental institution in a basement, chained to the bed. That's what happened to me, even though I was having some challenges, but I was, it was told that I attacked someone. So they made that up so that they could come and get me. That's the advice that they got. So that, that began the mental health challenge. And so that happened. Um, the first time it happened, you know, I was on different medication that they gave me. And then about three months later, it happened again. But this time it was more severe because I was in a residential type facility for weeks. I was attacked in the, in the, one of the, uh, I don't want to say it in me, one of the patients actually choked me while I was in there and I was put in solitary confinement. I mean, it was all tight, you know, and so those, those were some of the experiences that I had. But after coming through that, I did get some proper assistance, like with a Christian psychologist and a Christian psychiatrist. And the first thing they said was, I can't believe they have you on this medication. Like they said, this is some heavy stuff. I don't even remember what it was. It may have been Zaprexa or they were like, they always put African-American and people of color on these types of medications, you know? And um, so they immediately put me on like lithium or just something to just try to chill me out a little bit. And, um, but I was so grateful because it, it was a long journey, you know, um, where maybe after about four to six weeks, I was off of all medication because I could not function. And I told the psychiatrist, I can't function. I went back to work. I said, I can't, this medicine makes me feel like I'm blank. Like I can't, I can't even think. It's one thing if you're upset and it's like they want to calm you down, but I couldn't be happy. I couldn't be sad. So I told him, I'm not taking this medication. He said, well, let's see how you are next month. I was like, I'm not taking it. And um, so I worked with my natural doctor and I used essential oils primarily. I would just do a lot of research on essential oils because for some reason, herbs, I didn't feel those as much as the oils. Medication, that didn't work. But it was something about the oils, the way that it gets with my cells the way it goes into my cell, it's like I feel them. You know, I feel the oils more than I feel anything else. And so that is what I turn to. Um, so that's really my journey. Why essential oils? Because medication, I couldn't function. Herbs, they just didn't do it for me. But essential oils, man, they just really, you know, helped me heal in, in more ways than one. So let's get into that because that's very powerful and um that's just that's trauma you know going through something like that um twice so you know the title of this podcast is the key to emotional and mental wellness so i'm curious you know in terms of the work that you've been doing on yourself the self-healing journey you've been going through using oils using these natural modalities what do you think those keys are to emotional and mental wellness? What have you found them to be for you? Well, really, the main thing is a process, but it's self-reflection, that's first. And it's, a, and it's a daily process. So, and it's, it's really a daily walk. 
I experience trauma often in my life, even now, but it's the way that I deal with it when it comes. So for example, you asked me, how are you feeling today? I said, outstanding. And I am feeling outstanding. I'm hype about that because that's not always my answer. <laughs> so to me, the key is to always be serious and real and honest with how am I feeling? That's where it starts. When you wake up in the morning, how am I feeling? <sighs> Put your cell phone off for five minutes and just be still for a second and think about, you know, how am I feeling? You know, and based on how you're feeling or based on how I'm feeling, that determines what oils do I need for today? What scriptures do I need for today? You know, what affirmations do, you know, what's the main thing I need for today? So really, that's the beginning of is being honest with how am I feeling? Because nowadays people are like, uh, I feel great and, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative and, uh, you know. But being real, how am I feeling? You know, wow, I'm feeling a little down today. I don't know why I'm feeling a little down. Okay, I'm feeling a little down. So what do I know? What I know is that citrus oils will uplift me. So I can just like wild orange or lemon, you know, or grapefruit. You know, I got to get that going in a diffuser. I got to wear orange and yellow because I'm feeling a little down. I got to eat some bright things. I, I maybe want to eat lighter, you know, so... How do I feel assessing yourself first and then using the tools and everything you can, the colors, the stones, the food to get your energy up, you know? So that would be um, a first start is to definitely, you know, to me, the, a big focus with that is self-assessing and then pausing, mm. you know, taking time through your day as often as possible to pause. I often say that my life is more about the secret to my life and peace is more about pausing and being still. That's really my nature. And then everything else is like extra. <laughs> so really for me, it's like, how often can I be at peace and still? That's really who I am. And then I just do the other stuff in between. Whereas though a lot of people do all this stuff and don't even breathe. So that's really my key to peace. And yeah, like you said earlier when we were speaking, people would be shocked at some of the things I go through on a daily basis. I was talking with my coach about that. And he was like, the peace that passes all understanding, Shannon, that's that's what you have. So that's that's what people see. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't see what it takes for you to maintain that. You know, so that's kind of where that is. I love what you said, and I would actually add an adjective in front of self-assessment and um, pausing. I would add the adjective real, real mm -hmm. self-assessment and pausing, because I think you're right. There are people who may self-assess, but I'm not sure how authentic, or I would even say instead of real authentic, I actually just came up with that authentic <laughs> self-assessment and pausing. Um, I don't know if we're definitely going as deep as we need to go based on what you're saying with the self-assessment. So I love that. Um, just kind of really checking in daily. How am I feeling? That's that's it. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. All right. So that's the first one, self-reflection. What's next? Wow. Well, the the key really 
this is really amazing to me. You know, a lot of times I look at the day as starting at sunset. Like I look at the day starting at sunset, not not in the morning. So a big key is understanding that you really want to have the next day, you know, done by like sunset. So so for example, when you wake up in the morning, it really should be like an automatic pilot thing because at sunset is it's almost like let me put it this way. Let's say your workday ends at four or five. Okay, your workday ends. So now it's like, okay, my workday has ended. Let me take 30 minutes or an hour just to do nothing. My workday has ended. Let me just transition from work to not work. So let me just take about 30 minutes or an hour to do nothing or to relax. After that 30 minutes or that hour, let me now reflect on my day. Did I meet my goals? Did I do the things I said I was going to do? You know, let me reflect on that. So when we're talking about reflecting in this process, there's two times we're reflecting. One reflection is internal. The other reflection is external. So, okay. So... Did we meet our goals? Did, you know, and it's all good. It's not about that you didn't. It's just about assessing. It's just about tracking it. So now when we assess our day, this is the time we plan for the next day. So we're like, okay, I didn't get to these goals. So right before dinner, you're like, okay, what are my goals for tomorrow? You know, what did I do well? What do I need to tweak? So you kind of have what you're going to be doing tomorrow. And now you have the nourishment. That's another tip. So now we have our nourishment. We have our food and things of that nature. You know, after our food, I say we have hydration. Um, hydration, not just with um, what we drink, but bathing, you know, soaking in the tub, you know, to wind down your night. So, so now, of course, we have that time where we're reading, we're stretching, we're pausing. Because now we're we're resting, we're we're going to sleep. So now when we wake up in the morning, we're setting that timer, we're pausing, and then we're self-reflecting. And then when we're self-reflecting, once we're done with all that, and now we know we're wearing orange, we're, we're doing this oil, we're doing that, we're doing that. So now we have our schedule. We we have our morning routine our morning routine. We know that we get up and we hydrate. We know that we get up and we stretch. You know, now maybe at 10 a.m. we produce. So now we're starting our work. So to me, the key is having all this stuff knocked out the night before. So really, when you sleep, it puts all of that in motion. And then when you get up, everything is like automatic. I find that, you know, we don't always do these things perfectly. But I find my most anxious or challenging days are days where I kind of just fell asleep, woke up, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so that's kind of some of the keys. Yeah. And I think what I hear you saying is there are a couple of things I'm hearing. I'm hearing planning. Um, planning is super important. And then also taking inventory of the things that need to get done. 
I agree with you. I find that when I'm able to write down what's in my head and I have it somewhere safe <laughs> that I can mm-hmm. get to later, it's almost like I've done a brain dump and it allows me to relax and release and sleep well because I know that those things that were in my head, I have a place that I can go to for them. When mm-hmm. I don't do that, then it's like I'm, it's it like it kind of gets into my dream space. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what do I have to do today? And what? And I find that when I just kind of just brain dump, get it all out, put it somewhere, I just rest a lot easier. And so mm-hmm. I hear planning in there quite a bit. Um, I love what you said about the sunset, though. I've never thought about it that way. One of the things that I think about is I find that people are the most honest about what they need in terms of this self-reflection late at night before they go to bed or Mm -hmm. early in the morning when they get up. There's this raw emotion that I find with myself that I have when I first wake up because I might be influenced by a dream, whatever emotions it's brought about Mm -hmm. that comes into the morning space for me. So that's really a good time, I think, for self-reflection. And then right before you go to bed, it's like, okay, you're all excited about the next day. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And then taking inventory of what you need and just Mm -hmm. releasing it after you've taken inventory of it so that you can rest easy. Absolutely. And um, I, I love this work because I always tell people, like sometimes when you think about aromatherapy and emotional well-being, people think like gypsy gypsy people or people that are like, oh, they wear, you know, they're fairies or something. I don't know. But I'm an accounting major. I have an accounting degree and a master's in education. So I take a systematic approach to my emotional and mental health. And that's what I help people do. I don't just say, oh, just feel it. Don't you just feel it in the air? It's like, okay, I, I really help people. I mean, some people can do that. And it kind of annoys me sometimes when maybe areas that I'm not as strong in and people say, oh, just do it. Like, you know, don't you just understand? I'm like, no. So when it comes to emotional and mental well-being and self-care, I really try to break it down where you can check off the boxes, you know, and not just think that people just want to know and understand, just, you know, just get over it. Um, so I love my background because that that makes me real thorough and methodical about helping people heal. Like I, I like to listen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't like to be cookie cutter. Everybody's an individual. I like to listen and wherever people are. And that's important because sometimes when people are struggling with emotional and mental things or self-care, they already feel a little guilt or shame or uncertainty, you know. So they don't need someone to like beat them up. Like, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You know, so it's important for me to really listen, you know, and just ask questions of clients. So to help them talk through where they are, because sometimes you don't know, like one of the things my coach always asked me is Shannon, like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you want in life? Like, what? No, if you, if you knew you couldn't fail, like if it was easy, how would your life be? Like, how would it be like getting clients or serving people? Like if it was easy, what would it look like? And I'm like, I don't know, you know? And so, yeah. So I just try to ask those questions to just get people to, if they get a little stuck, asking them the right questions instead of like, oh, you don't want it. Oh, you don't want to be healed. 
that type of approach. So like, I know that you're not a therapist, you know, but you do work with people who need support around the aromatherapy. I'm curious during this time, what kinds of things have people been coming to you for that they need support with in regards to emotional and mental wellness? Definitely a lot of overwhelm and anxiety and stress. A lot of it has been related to people being at home with their children. There's been a lot of stress around my children, like, oh my gosh, like the, the homeschool, the teachers aren't teaching. And, you know, so even practical things with them, even outside of aromatherapy, I just say, don't just sit your child on a computer. Don't, don't just throw them on a computer and be mad at the teachers and be mad at them. Sometimes, you know, you could take your laptop in with your child and you can be working and they can be working. And in between, you can say, um, oh, let me listen in on your class or let me look at you. Like, what work did you do today or what, what class do you have coming up? Doing little things like that, your child will be so happy, you know. And so that's those are some practical things. And then, of course, for children, you can diffuse things in the air. You can make slime and um, what do they call that? I forget what it is when you do the flower and water and you can put scent. Oh, clay. Isn't that clay? It's a word that they Isn't call that it. Something like that. But yeah, so you can even incorporate the aromatherapy with some tactile hands-on things with your children during this time. Um, even cooking with the essential oils with your children. Um, and then they get that benefit of the oils in addition to spending that quality time with you because they're not with their friends. So that's one of the main things. And then people working from home, you know, being stressed out with all these Zoom meetings and things like that. So really a lot of what I'm getting during this time is just um, pent up frustration, um, the relational in the, in the family. I'm not really getting a whole lot of people talking a lot about like physical ailment type things like I normally get. It's more about they like, oh my gosh, I, you know, most people right now, they just, how do I pause? How do I handle and juggle all of these things that are going on? And that's why, you know, you taught me this, Chef B, you know, breathing and water, you know, you know, getting one third of your half your body weight in water, you know, prior to breakfast, another third prior to lunch, and then that last third prior to dinner. So getting your water in and getting your pauses in. Some people say, well, how in the world can I get that much water in? And I say, well, treat your water like food, like treat your water like it's food. That's right. And then you can kind of eat wherever, you know, you know, what do they say? Eating to, leave, eating to live versus living to eat, those types of dynamics. So I try to focus on water and breathing and being disciplined with the food choices, you know. So, um, you know, you know, for overall health, it's not just emotional and mental well-being, but I like the idea of eating right, exercising, rest and managing stress, and then reducing the toxins that are inside of you. For me, as well as the toxins, as far as the people and the environment. Now, that has been my biggest challenge is really more so toxic people and toxic environment. 
for some reason that affects me more than anything. Um, So those are some keys. You know, it's a holistic approach, not just zoning in only on emotional and mental. But I do believe that to be foundational, getting that under control and then going from there. You know, it's it's so interesting that you added toxic people to the list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I think when we talk about toxins, we're only referring mostly to the environment. But toxic people are in your environment, mm-hmm. which in head, which basically makes your environment toxic mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, it, it's definitely holistic. Um, and I love that we kind of cycle back to some of the same points in some of these podcasts even though we're focusing on one or two areas, it really comes back to this overall holistic approach to our wellness. Mm. And so, you know, one of the things that I want to ask you, like now, you know, a lot of the things that you've dealt with in the past, you know, um, do you feel like they, they can still come up or there's sort of a thing of the past? You have these tools that can really help you. What's your thoughts around, you know, where you've been, where you currently are, and just the tools that you have now that are natural? <clears throat> I really think it's a daily walk. So, yes, they, they can come back. And something that I wanted to share just in general, like my journey, you know, like when I, when I was in Atlanta, I learned about chakras, you know, and I had never heard about chakras and, you know, things of that nature. And I used to, um, based on the different stones or the different oils or the different colors, that was, these were my routines. Like this was my medicine. <laughs> and for so long, I really didn't have a lot of challenges. But when I kind of just, you know, was in that flow. And then when I moved to Philadelphia back about 11 years ago, I discovered like the five element theory where, you know, they're relating your emotions to different organs. And during that time of my life, that right there, relating your emotions to your organs, I mean, that was a game changer for me, you know. So, for example, like anger relating to liver, um, fear relating to kidneys, you know, worry relating to your spleen, um, excessive joy relating to your heart. And then, um, I guess grief or sadness or depression relating to your lungs and then the opposite. So just like anger is related to liver kindness, you know, so if you want to deal with your liver, you know, that, you know, being more kind and, and there were different like Qigong movements, man, I was in my zone. I was in my element. And so my struggle, I think, I think the relapses or the struggle for me, and I love the candidness that we can be on this show, but to me, sometimes it comes to like religion, you know, like sometimes I would battle, you know, being raised, you know, Christian or Hebrew Israelite. And, you know, we don't really talk about these types of things sometimes in those communities. So I was really torn because I was getting help and support with these tools, but then I'm like, you say this in those settings sometimes, you're like, wait, wait. So honestly, for about maybe four years, I kind of put all my tools aside, except for the essential oils. Like, but even with the essential oils, I still just had, you know, 
because I'm thinking like I'm crossing some boundaries here. So over the last six months, I decided that I'm bringing all my tools back. <laughs> and I've noticed hey, such a humongous hey. difference. I've noticed such a, so when you ask me, Shannon, how are you, I'm feeling fantastic because I am not holding anything back from my tools. Like I'm not, you know, so it is a daily walk, but I'm so glad I have all my tools back now. But can you imagine being in a situation where you felt like you were on the path to being well and healthy on an ongoing basis, and then you just shut it all off because society may tell you you can't do these things. So then you're just like miserable and depressed all the time. And internally, you know you have tools, but you're scared to use them. And so, so those are some of the transitions. But I said, I can't, I can't, you know, be up and down like this. So I, I need to bring everything that I can to support me. And and I think what did it was a couple of my, you know, friends that that are Christian and things of that nature, they were having some of the same challenges, you know, you know, and um, and then they would come to me knowing my background and knowing that I'm very balanced with things. And they started saying, I know this may not go you know, well in certain, but I need help, Janet. And that's when I said, you know what? I need help. You need help. And maybe there's just a segment of people out there that I can serve that don't think it's crazy, you know, to use some of the tools that can help us. So that's kind of where I am right now. Um, I, I think it's so important for us to give ourselves permission to use tools, you know, um, particularly when the tools cross the boundaries of spiritual practice and things that are um, traditional to how we've been raised, how we've been, you know, brought up in terms of what you do and what you don't do. But what I'm realizing, you know, everything has its place, you know, as African people, you know, African people who were in one particular part of the continent, there might've been tools that were used then, but really we're now diasporic people, we've evolved. And so the bloodline that you have running through you is not just one group of people, it's multiplicities of people mm -hmm. and that conversation. So they're, they're talking to you in your cells. They're telling mm -hmm. you, Shannon, use this tool, use that tool. And so I think you listen to that. I think mm -hmm. you listen to that because if you look at what's just in front of you, I think we miss out on the richness of the other tools and what they are for us if we don't have that self-reflection and that listening, because our ancestors, all of them, all of them are just talking through us and they're telling you what to do. We just gotta be still enough to let us, to listen and to, and have them guide us, right? So I'm so glad that you came back to your tools. I'm so grateful that you did that because that's, where, that's the work, that's it. You know, I see so many people now combining spiritual practices because they get this from it and they get that from it and they get this little piece from it and it just makes sense to them based on their like where they are on their spiritual walk on their journey and it helps them to feel good about life and themselves so that they can you know work through all the things that they need to work through so uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that you you've shared your your story and your current journey with us because I think there's someone out there that needs to hear that. It's not just one thing. I always say, 
it's everything that you do. It's mm -hmm. everything that you do all the all the time too, all the mm -hmm. time, right? So you know, as we wrap up today, you know, you know, how can how can folks connect with you? You know, your aromatherapy services. How can they connect with you, Shannon? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, RafiInstitute.org is my website. Um, that's R as in Rafi, A, F as in Frank, F as in Frank, I. So RafiInstitute.org, that's my website. Um, there's actually a, um, a phone number as well, 484-440-9400. Uh, we have our email, rafiinfo at rafiinstitute.org. And then, of course, we have our Facebook, facebook.com, Rafi Institute, as well as our Instagram, which is Rafi Institute as well. So those are some ways that we can connect. Um, I'm so glad that I was able to be here today. Yes. I'm so invigorated. It's always a blessing when you spend time and you feel even more invigorated than when you started. So that that's good energy right there. So I want you to tell folks what Rafi what Rafi means because I think it's very powerful. What does Rafi mean? Yes. Well, it was a time I you know when I first started studying Hebrew and I was looking for a word that meant healed. So I just was doing a Google search. This was probably about fifteen years ago, and based on my Google search, I saw a word R A F F. I it's, and it meant God has healed because mm. that's another testimony during that interesting period it was determined that I had a brain tumor and that was the that's what was causing the breast milk and a lot of the chemical imbalance it was actually a brain tumor and um, it ended up being benign and then it, it was not harmful and so when that happened I said, I'm going to dedicate my life to helping others heal because I knew a lot of the emotional and mental things I went through, it can cause growths and it can cause physical illness. So I said, I'm going to dedicate this work to helping people heal. So that's why Rafi Institute, God has healed because he has healed us all. It's just a matter of us tapping into that and um, acknowledging that. I mean, you are such a joy and a delight. You're so beautiful. I'm so grateful oh. to know you for sure. Um, awesome. So, you all, thank you for listening today to Healing Me First. And for those of you who want to connect with Chef B, you can go to our site, chefb3es.com, and that stands for Be Empowered, Energized, and Engaged. You guys know that we have a, a slew of wellness tools on our site, so please check us out. Thank you so much, Shannon. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll be back at some point. <laughs> nice. You, you all have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you are looking to transition to a plant-based diet and are in need of support with your meals, then visit EssentialMealsToGo.com and check out our services. We offer three-day, four-day, and five-day plans. Elevate your meals today and visit EssentialMealsTheNumber2Go.com to learn more.